Hello, and welcome to the Arizona Civics Podcast. In this podcast, we will share our journey of sustaining Arizona's interest in reforms to civics by collaborating with civic educators in our state and nationwide. This important work is being spearheaded by the Center for American Civics at Arizona State University. I'm Liz Evans, Civic Education Program Director at ASU, and your host for this podcast. I will interview teachers, content experts, and civic education leaders throughout our episodes, providing valuable insights and perspectives. We hope you enjoy joining us on this journey to make Arizona a national civics model. Welcome back, everyone. I'm very excited today. We have a special episode today. I have Dylan Delzato. He is our Director of Veterans Programs here at the Center for Political Thought and Leadership. And today, Dylan and I are going to talk about veterans. This podcast will come out during Veterans Day, but Dylan, I'm going to have you introduce yourself as a member of our team, uh, but also talk a little bit about uh, your service. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having me, Liz. Um, as mentioned, my name is Dylan Delzato, and I primarily manage the Veterans Inspiring Patriotism Program, which we're looking to integrate here at the center. Uh, my military career, uh, I enlisted in the Army Reserve in 2000 and was deployed to Kuwait in 2003 and as a transportation specialist and, you know, drove and toured throughout the country of Iraq delivering heavy equipment and kind of whatever was big on a, on a uh, military heavy equipment transporter, which was designed to originally haul tanks. Um, I came home and uh, utilized my GI bill to uh, complete my bachelor's degree here at Arizona state university and uh, continued to use that GI bill for a graduate program. So the army was pretty good to me. You know, it's always a love hate relationship as you'll kind of hear in the military from, from different service men and women. Um, but overall, it was it was a good experience. So today I'm here to talk a little bit about Veterans Day, and then I'll also kind of follow up uh, about the Veterans Inspiring Patriotism, which I, I previously mentioned. So Veterans Day was originally named Armistice Day and was set as a legal holiday to recognize the end of World War I, which officially took place on November 11th, 1918. And the idea behind that was dedicated to the cause of world peace. The legal holiday honored World War I vets, but over time, as the U.S. fought in wars, which included World War II, Korea, Vietnam, uh, Gulf War, and recently uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, and all the little um, wars in between, uh, Somalia, the Cold War, and Bosnia, everything in between. So uh, it, it reached far greater number and infected far greater number of men and women who served and was later expanded to recognize everyone who served in the military. And that is something that, you know, November 11th, uh, it's a holiday, you know, schools have days off. How is it? Because one of the things I notice, you know, when I'm on social media, or even there's just a general misconception of, what is the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day, which happens in May? Right. And, you know, I get that a lot. A lot of my uh, friends who didn't serve in the military, even Memorial Day, they'll, you know, thank me for my service. And, you know, I don't, I don't correct them just, you know, out of being kind, you know, because I, I do appreciate people when they say that. But 
Memorial Day differs as it is a, a holiday observed on the last Monday of May, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. And um, it was originally known as Decoration Day after the Civil War in the 1860s, where Americans across the country, uh, they began to hold springtime tributes uh, to, uh, to the wars uh, of fallen soldiers, and they decorated their graves and, you know, recited prayers. It was kind of a, you know, a big event. Um, Waterloo, New York, was actually the first city to host one of these tributes, and in 1966, Governor Norman Rockefeller, he dedicated the first Decoration Day. So it was originally known as Decoration Day to, as I mentioned, you know, uh, celebrate those, you know, decorating the graves and, you know, really kind of coming together in different communities to, to pay their respect to the fallen. And in 1968, Congress passed a, the Uniform uh, Monday Holiday Act which officially established Memorial Day as the last Monday in May in order to kind of, uh, to, to pay this respect. And it created a three-day weekend for federal employees. And then later on, I think it, it was under Lyndon Johnson's presidency where they established that you know, nationwide. So, and when I say, you know, established a three-day weekend for federal employees, I think, uh, a lot of people think of it as just that, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't really know the meaning of it. I think even the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day, I don't think many people know at all. Yeah. And that is one thing I have, you know, both my grandfathers were Korean War veterans and being a history teacher, that's always something that's bothered me because, I mean, yes, have your barbecues, you know, do that celebration, but have an understanding that Memorial Day is too remember people who have died in conflict veterans day is to thank veterans who have served veterans like you. Exactly. So, and I, and I think it's important one, they know the difference, but just to to understand the two as separate, because as mentioned, I think many people with those two holidays just, just see it as a day off, unfortunately. So one of the things we do here at the center is civic education and you and I have had many conversations about veterans and civic education. So what is the role of a veteran in civic education? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mentioned the Veterans Inspiring Patriotism Program, so I'll give you a little history on that and tie it all together. So the VIP program, as we call it, was founded by General Joe Foss, who was a, a Medal of Honor recipient in World War II. He shot down 26 planes at the Battle of Guadalcanal. So for those efforts, he was awarded the the highest recognition you can get from the military. Uh, Upon his return, he went on to a long career of public service. He was the youngest two-term governor of South Dakota. I think youngest governor, period, but he was 38 years old when he was elected, which is pretty incredible. He helped found the Easter Seals charity and worked for a lot of uh, different nonprofits to support community. Uh, one of the interesting tidbits about Joe was he was the first commissioner of the American Football League and the National Football League when they came together to spark this first championship game, as we know it as a Super Bowl. Really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So if you, I guess if you could find one on eBay or something, when you find <laughs> one of those first, when you find one of those first footballs, it will have Joe Foss's signature as commissioner on the ball. I feel like we need one of those for our offices. 
Yeah, we definitely we do. I'll have to I'll have to check out eBay. And he has he has some a couple of family members. I who knows maybe there's one stashed away in a closet or something. But it, yeah, that's uh, kind of a cool deal. He told one of these stories I heard on a an old video that it was it was the Packers and somebody I can't remember the other team who was in the first championship game. But when they did the kickoff, the broadcast accidentally went to commercial which was a big no-no because even even back then they were, you know, really looking at the the ad revenue for, you know, people watching this championship game on TV. So they they actually when they came back from commercial, they made them redo the kick and start the game over. Are you serious? Yeah. So the first was the Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, it was Packers and Chiefs, yeah. And the Packers won 35 to 10. Yeah, you know, maybe it was due to that they they got to re-kick the ball since the broadcast messed up. They went to commercial. <laughs> so maybe the Chiefs would have had a chance. But but uh, what Joe loved to do more than anything, you know, out of all of his public service work and, and, you know, in politics, he really enjoyed going into classrooms to talk about the importance of patriotism and public service, values of integrity, and overall just having an appreciation for America's freedoms. You know, he thought that was, you know, extremely valuable and something that students you know, don't get in, a, in a, the normal classroom setting. So in 2001, him and his wife, Didi, founded the Joe Foss Institute to spark this VIP, Veterans Inspiring Patriotism Program, to recruit other vets to go into classrooms and share their, their personal story. And this is where the civics ties in. Uh, vets talk about their personal story, and a lot of times they will tie that into our founding documents constitution primarily. And also they have something that to offer that's not in the history books. You know, that personal story is extremely valuable. They might read about, and you know, Liz, as a Mm -hmm. teacher, uh, that they can learn about the Vietnam and even the the most recent wars, but to have somebody in there, I you know, that's makes quite an impact. And I had one of those veterans. Um, and it was nice because you're right. As a teacher, I can talk about the Vietnam War and we can look at primary sources. We can do all of this stuff, but actually having a veteran there, I think really drives home to students. This isn't just history. You know, these are Americans that have lived through these conflicts and it is, and again, I feel like I say this all the time, but it's true. Veterans are the ultimate primary source. And having them engaged in classrooms, I think, really can elevate civic education because public schools were created for civics, right? To create good citizens. And I think part of that is having veterans in your community as part of your classroom and and helping out and having students understand, you know, not every student is going to go into service, right? But there is still service that can be done for your town, your school, your state, um, or, you know, if after you graduate, you want to go into the military, there's so many different options for you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when I talk to a lot of people about the program, I think not it's a stigma, but when they see, you know, like veterans and many of them combat veterans going into classrooms to talk about patriotism, I think it's, you know, uh, good for them to understand that, you know, there is no political, military, or religious agendas in any of this. There is no agenda. It's just simply inspiring uh, a student to understand, hey, we, we live in a unique country where you have unlimited opportunity and for you to take advantage of that. Um, I recently uh, got a call from a sixth grade teacher in 
one of the, the lower economic areas in, in South Phoenix. And she said, you know, having a veteran in the classroom and not so much, you know, history or civics based, but it, it really inspires the, the students to understand that there is something bigger than themselves and opportunities out there. Because as you may know, Liz, a lot of these, uh, Students in the in some of these areas where where people struggle, they they won't know anything outside of their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I think that's you know important for them to to be inspired to say, hey, you know, I can do something with myself. You know, besides you know staying in this neighborhood and not knowing anything outside of this. Mm-hmm. So one thing Dylan failed to mention is that he is the youngest member of the Veterans Hall of Fame here in Arizona. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's a really cool thing. Well, thank you. Yeah. And this is a, another uh, good plug out there for for people interested in, in the veteran community and uh, civic resources and also veteran resources. So a group called the Unified Arizona Veterans, UAV, was founded in 1981 by, we call them the big three, which is the American Legion, the Disabled American Veterans, and the Veterans of Foreign War. And the idea behind that was to get these, a lot of acronyms in the the military, I guess. There's a lot of acronyms in education, too. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of acronyms. So veteran service organizations, we call them VSOs, to get veteran service organizations together uh, monthly in one spot so they could all talk about what they're they're doing within the community and it, it's just a, a plethora of different different initiatives that uh, everybody's working on to support veteran initiatives and their families. So UAV's original mission, and still is, is to support legislation. It's a legislative initiatives that support veterans and their families. So today we are a membership organization still of almost 60 veteran service organizations. And in 2001 they started this veteran recognition program called the Arizona Veterans Hall of Fame, where they would recognize vets who go above and beyond outside. That's the keyword outside of their military service, because we get a lot of requests at the UAV for people to join or to become into the, you know, inducted in the Hall of Fame to say, you know, my, my grandpa was a general and, you know, he led, you know, 10,000 troops. And it's like, well, we're not looking for that. We're looking for, you know, somebody who donated or volunteered 1,500 hours at the VA to provide transportation for disabled vets to get to their appointments and, you know, uh, things like that in the community, going into classrooms to talk to kids, you know, supporting uh, initiatives like the VIP program. So annually we have a Hall of Fame induction ceremony that takes place in October. And we typically recognize 15 to 25 veterans, I would say. And it actually took place last week. Uh, another fun tidbit was the first year when I mentioned it was founded in 2001, Joe Foss was the one of the first, he was in the first class of the Arizona Veterans Hall of Fame because they made, uh, in our bylaws at the UAV, they said anybody, and to clarify, I said outside of your military service is what they recognized, but there was a clause in there, any Medal of Honor recipient would be automatically inducted. So for the first year, there were two, three, I say, Joe Foss, Jay Vargas, and Fred Ferguson. And Fred Ferguson is, I guess, another fun fact. He's still the, he is the only living Medal of Honor recipient in the state of Arizona. That was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That's, 
that's such a cool thing. And I think when people think of veterans, you know, they have this image in their head, but there is a very vibrant veteran community in the state of Arizona. And it's not just things, you know, when I think of veterans, I think of Pat's run, right? Like I do Pat's run every year. I do all of their challenges there. The Tillman foundation, um, is one of the charities that I support. We have the Tillman center here on ASU's campus. Um, but there is a large community out there that is doing good under that umbrella of veterans. Absolutely. You know, I think a lot of people would assume, you know, vets and military in general, that we're all just out there, I don't know, toting weapons and running around in swamps in the desert, you know? Uh, But that's not the case. You know, there's a a large population when we get out, we're just, we want to help. We want to, we want to continue our service. You know, that's, that's kind of, you know, uh, what our mission is when, when we come out, you know, in 2000, Five, when I was wrapping up my bachelor's degree here at ASU, I was really struggling to find uh, support to enroll in my classes and get books. You know, there was a small VA office here on campus at Tempe, and they were really overwhelmed with this influx of vets because, you know, we they didn't realize that we were just starting to get involved in a 20-year war and that many of these, you know, young men and women are coming back to pursue education. And there was a group of uh, veterans here in Tempe that started a big uh, push with, along with uh, Dr. Michael Crow to make ASU a very friendly uh, veteran university, veteran friendly university, I should say. And that's when they started the the Tillman foundation and, and the Tillman center to kind of make it a, a an easier transition for vets to just go to a, like a, a one-stop shop. You can go there, talk to an advisor, you know, see what you're into and get you registered for classes, figure out your book situation and, and really help you out. And then for listeners, this is kind of our last wrap up question. I always tend to ask these, but for Veterans Day, if there's somebody out there that's like, I don't really know what to do for Veterans Day. I know I have the day off, right? Like all of these students have the day off. How, how can people celebrate Veterans Day in small ways? There are several events here in the Valley, and you can look online. I believe if you go to the az.uav.org, there are a lot of opportunities to celebrate Veterans Day. Uh, Wesley Boland Plaza in downtown Phoenix has a lot of memorials and they, they have a a veterans event there. And also there is a large veterans day parade that is encouraged by family and everybody community to attend. And I think too, just learning what veterans day is. And, and, you know, if you're a parent or you're a teacher talking with your students about it, it's not just a day off for them. You know, I think especially we both have young daughters having them understand that, yes, you get the day off, but here's why. Um, We are very lucky in our family. My very best friend, her husband is a veteran, Uncle Brian, Brian Crum. We're very proud of you. Um, So Emma's always, you know, my daughter has always known why we get the day off. And, you know, Uncle Brian went to war and did these things. And these are small things you can do, right? You can learn, learn about veterans organizations. If you want to give to veterans organizations, I think that's a great thing too, or even just amplifying their message. 
you're on social media, it's an easy thing to do to retweet or share something um, because maybe somebody else will want to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's an interesting point you meant uh, you mentioned about um, Brian, Uncle Brian, is the majority of families out there have uh, a family member who has served. And you might just think, oh, I think, you know, uncle or, you know, whoever might have served in such and such the army or whatever, you know, talk, talk to them and ask them about their service. You know, they're, they're, they're going to be more than willing to talk about that. Uh, you wouldn't believe how many times when I go into a classroom and, and, and visit these other presentations when the vet always asks, how many of you know a veteran or have a veteran in the family? And the majority of hands go up. So uh, as mentioned with the, the VIP program, you know, ask and a veteran will be more than willing to share. And that is something, you know, we're working on getting that program off the ground. But when we do, you can visit cptl.asu.edu for more information. And also check out, we have, Dylan and I have interviewed Jack Holder, who is a World War II veteran living here in Arizona. He's Pearl Harbor survivor. What else is Jack? Jack is like everything. Yeah, he was a Pearl Harbor survivor and also uh, served uh, near Guadalcanal along uh, at the same time Joe was serving. So he, he experienced it on, on both sides. You know, he was there at Pearl Harbor and then he experienced the war. And I remember talking to him and him saying, you know, I didn't really talk about it at first cause I didn't think anybody cared. And I think that that's such a, a shame because a lot of people care. And even just sitting and talking to him for that hour was probably one of the coolest hours I've ever had. Yeah, Jack is definitely a unique individual. He will be 101 this December. And even his golf buddies, he mentioned uh, Liz and I, he didn't, they didn't even know he was a World War II veteran. And he didn't start speaking to students and really talking about a service till the, I think, mid 90s. And then. The same day this is going to come out, we have an interview with Marshall Trimble, who is the official Arizona State historian, also a veteran. Yeah, and I, I don't think people even knew that we did have an official state historian. I don't know if other states have him, but you know, Marshall's ours, and he's great. So definitely check out that episode. Well, thank you, Dylan, for first of all, clearing up the difference between Veterans Day and Memorial Day and talking about how we you know, here at the center want to support veterans in civic education. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Liz. Thank you for joining us. Just wanted to give a heads up that you can find the Center for American Civics on all social media channels as ASU Civics. We love connecting with our community and sharing our thoughts on the issues that matter to us. So if you're interested in our content or just want to say hi, don't hesitate to give us a follow. Plus, we always include any relevant links in our podcast show notes. So be sure to check those out too. Thanks for being a part of our journey.